Welcome to this episode of City Minutes. This episode is part two of a two-part series looking at the findings and implications of Cities Outlook 2024, our annual economic health check of UK cities and large towns. This episode focuses on chapter three, the data monitor, which uses 18 indicators across 10 policy domains to rank the economic performance of the UK's 63 biggest cities and towns. I'm joined by my colleague, Paul Swinney, to explore the data and the trends. So, Paul, let's start with the big picture. Uh, what's the big picture from Chapter 3? Well, there's a, there's a question about why do we even do Cities Outlook every year? You know, what, what requires this, uh, this report that looks at the state of urban Britain? Well, the first chart in Chapter 3 summarises that. It tells us why uh, cities matter, and it looks at the contribution that cities make uh, across a range of different uh, economic and relatedly economic indicators that we might well care about. So 63 largest urban areas in the UK, ranging from Exeter being the smallest through to London being the largest, they cover just 9% of land in the country. Um, but they account for 54% of the population, uh, 63% of output. And then even more importantly, in terms of high value uh, activity, they account for 72% of, uh, of private knowledge jobs. So jobs in knowledge-based industries are the ones that drive the economy on. Now, why does this happen? Well, it's because of the power of agglomeration. They have the benefits that cities offer, you know, how they concentrate the economy into certain parts of the country, particularly those knowledge-based elements, which then means that the economy is very much clustered within these certain parts of the country, but also cities are really important in terms of the performance of the economy and also the Future, before, uh, future growth of it too. Now, the one other thing that uh, comes out from uh, from this chart too is greenhouse gas emissions. So cities account for uh, for forty percent of greenhouse gas emissions, which sounds quite a lot, doesn't it? Forty percent, wow. But if you consider that they are home to fifty four percent of the population, this also tells us that not only are cities you know very efficient from an economy perspective, but also they're very efficient or more efficient from a, an environmental perspective as well. So that's the big picture on why cities matter. I think there's a second big picture uh, issue, which is the quite extreme variation between uh, the cities and towns that we we look at. Um, and we're going to get we're going to use three examples to illustrate um, those uh, that kind of variation. So we look at productivity, then we look at skills, and then we're going to talk through uh, housing. So just say a little bit about the variation issue and then take us through productivity skills and housing. Yeah, so obviously that, that first chart I talked about lumps all cities together and talks about them as a group, but clearly there is a lot of variation across them in terms of how they perform, and that's where you know cities outlook really um, – uh, provides that information is by showing what that variation looks like across a whole plethora of uh, of indicators. Now, uh, productivity, ultimately, I think the, the thing that we care about, because that is what ultimately makes people uh, in places better off, a huge amount of variation there. Um, there is perhaps uh, a starker north-south divide when you look at the, the productivity data, as you see in any other uh, data set. You know, very much cities in the greater southeast are uh, the most productive uh, part of the UK, if not the most productive parts of, of Europe, whereas places further north um, very much uh, less productive, with implications then for for wages, for 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 standards of living, for you know how prosperous people feel. And if you look at that indicator, you know down the list, the majority of the top ten uh, is a city from the greater southeast. Whereas we look at the bottom of the list, it is majority places that are in uh, the North of England or the Midlands. So we've got Slough, Aldershot and Worthing leading the way at the top. And we've got Doncaster, Blackburn and Southend at the bottom. OK, so if that's productivity and it again illustrates the, the variation, let's have a look at the, the second indicator, which is 
skills, another uh, another issue, another policy area that we spend an awful lot of time trying to understand and also then thinking about how we can improve the performance of places up and down the country. What does the data tell us about skills? So again, we see um, a split in terms of, of performance where you see a lot of uh, people in cities of the Great Southeast in particular with uh, with high level qualifications and a higher share of people with no formal qualifications at all, uh, or, or cities further north having high share of people with no formal qualifications at all. And this is really important. I think it, it very much defines why we see those productivity differences. Because if you think about you know, a high skill business looking to come and stick its pin somewhere on the map of the UK, it's going to stick its pin in the place where it knows it can get the work as it requires. And it feels that is probably the, the principal thing that these companies are looking for. Because if we can't get the workers, then you know that's sort of the you know game over from that perspective. And that's then why we see such a such a much larger concentration of these high school businesses further south. So you know, if we look at um uh at high schools, for example, you know, you've got Edinburgh, Oxford, Cambridge um being at the top of that list, and a lot of people there with. Uh, with degrees, and if you look across the whole of the top ten, which again is dominated by places in uh, in the south, if not the greater southeast, um, more than half of people have a, a high level qualification. Whereas if we look at the the other end of of, of understanding this, places with no formal qualifications, um, those that top ten is dominated by places that, that tend to be in the Midlands or further north. So we've got Belfast in there, Blackburn comes second, Hull comes third, and that really underscores the the challenge that these places have. That if we don't deal do something about skills before we talk about anything else, we're unlikely to see a real change in their fortunes. Great. So let's then uh, let's look at the third indicator, which is. Housing. Now, we can look at this in, in different ways. And in some respects, the pattern is slightly uh, different, particularly when you're uh, looking at the rank. So just say a little bit about the, the variation around housing. So this is you know, house, uh, housing and housing affordability in particular. So the ratio of house prices to, to earnings um, shows very much the challenge, not that places further north have, but actually places in the Great Southeast have. So the real issue for places further north is about how do you get growth going in these places and skills is a big part of that whereas in places in the southeast you know they are successful already and the question is well how do we maintain that success and when you look at house prices in particular or housing affordability in particular you can see there's a real challenge here around how uh the, the cost of housing, the cost of land, then so by extension, the cost of commercial space too, and how we then, you know, try to manage that to um, to offset the 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 downsides of growth, basically, which is high demand pushing up prices, um, and we see that, you know, that really biting in uh, in place like Oxford, which has got the highest um, or the least affordable housing, followed by London, Brighton, Bournemouth, and Cambridge to to make up the the rest of the top five. Whereas in the bottom five, we've got places like Aberdeen, Burnley, Sunderland, Hull, and Middlesbrough. And for the majority of those places, it's great that housing isn't very expensive, but actually that's an outcome of the fact that the economy hasn't been doing doing very well. And it points again to this issue about lack of demand in these places. And the challenge there is about how do you get growth going and then bringing housing policy to try and um, keep housing as affordable as possible rather than than just saying that housing is, is cheap and therefore this is a good thing. Right. So we've looked at three indicators. As I say, there's 18 indicators in total uh, in the data monitor um, chapter. And we're looking at the 63 uh, places across um, the UK. Just as a sort of sidebar, just make a little comment around the performance of our big cities, because we spend quite a bit of time thinking about what's going on in those big cities. 
and what's you know and what that means not just for them but actually for the for the national economy as well so just just paint a picture about the big city performance yeah, so we're very deliberate in Cities Outlook that we do look at the the 63 largest urban areas where we can and where where data permits, and it is trying to give that that broader view of what's going on in, in urban Britain. But clearly, bigger places have a, a disproportionate impact uh, on the UK economy because they because they are large. And I think what is seen in our other work and is reflected then in in Outlook this year, as indeed in, in previous editions, is is the underperformance of these big places in particular. Now there is a range of performance across the sixty three areas, but we see almost consistently across the indicators that almost all of the big cities um, outside of London, um, with the exception of Bristol, uh, tend to perform below the national average. Now this is a bad place for the UK economy to be in because. Not only because they're big places, so you know if they perform poorly, then it has a disproportionate impact, but also because these places should be leading the national average. And now, as we covered in our other work, uh, other cities, other large cities in uh, in Western European countries or in North America as well, they lead the national economy. You know, as the theory would predict, we see that playing out in practice, and that doesn't happen in the UK. And that is um, one of the UK economy's biggest problems is that places like Glasgow, Birmingham and Manchester are not making the contribution that they should be. And uh, and indeed, that's been highlighted in policy recently. Uh, and policy should continue to think about that, not just for the remainder of this current parliament, but the next parliament and the parliament after that. Excellent. Uh, great. Thank you, uh, Paul. So just to summarise, in a sense, what we've been talking about, you know, what the Data Monitor chapter clearly shows is the importance of the urban to the national. In many respects, the British economy is, a, is an urban economy. Uh, the second thing it shows is that there is quite big variation between places across the country. And some of that variation uh, has been around for a long time, is persistent. We should be mindful of that. And then the third point where Paul finished was actually our big cities in some respects are a particular problem relative to other countries. But because of the performance we see in other countries, they're also an opportunity, not just for those places, but also the regions they sit in. And, uh, and the country as a whole. So you can get all the data that we've been discussing and more uh, via our website, centerforcities.org. Look for the Cities Outlook 2024. Thanks for listening.